voices in my head They counsel me, they understand, they talk to me Hey everybody, welcome to a, another edition of Voices in My Head. I haven't done one of these in so long. And for those who've been rocking with Vegas Bad Boys since from the beginning, I know you were a fan of this particular uh, podcast that was released. And then I just kind of went away from it. And I apologize for that. You know, when we do these podcasts, first off, we don't make any money off of it. It's clearly just for fun, uh, just for entertainment. And uh, we do it because we know that a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of listeners, people who like the product like we do, sometimes have opinions that they agree with us or maybe they disagree. But it's like an open community where we can just kind of all get together and just kind of talk about pro wrestling. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, then you're probably new to listening to us. And um, start checking us out when we go live on Sundays when we do our wrestling talk and our three count. And we usually release them on Mondays and Tuesdays through all available podcast platforms. But it's been a minute, and Voices in My Head is clearly just a podcast that when I feel like jumping on and letting thoughts out, that's what I do. And I have been so occupied with working things that there's been all types of things that pop up in my head, and I just haven't been getting on, and, and I'm going to change that because there's just – so much going on right now in pro wrestling and uh we're just um i'm recording this um the weekend after memorial day weekend and just this week alone it's just been tons of wrestling shows you know this the past pay-per-view that you got this past weekend with AEW, and then you got two wwe pay-per-views uh the weekend i'm recording this and um not to mention all the wrestling that happened during the week I mean, you guys know there's pretty much a wrestling show every day. Every day there's a wrestling show. You might not have uh, access, but if you do have it, you know, that's where Impact Wrestling comes on, and, they, and that's where Thursdays is occupied. And you already know what WWE and AEW, what days they uh, they do their pro wrestling on. So it literally it's just been every day almost for like the past two weeks. But um, I, I was on vacation during Memorial Day weekend while the the rest of the Vegas Bad Boys was all throughout Las Vegas attending the AEW shows, attending the indie shows with Future Stars of Wrestling, GCW, um, a few others that were, were in town. And everything was successful, came out great. Hopefully you are a subscriber to our YouTube. Some of the videos that we recorded from the shows are there to take a look. And most importantly, what we're doing is shining a light, especially on those indie wrestlers. Believe it or not, a lot of them we have talked to in the past. If you go and go through our catalog, you'd be surprised how many wrestlers we've talked to who were in the indies and moved on to 
uh, professional, went to one of the bigger companies. And then, of course, there are still some that are in the indies, but uh, they have a, a bigger presence and, a, and a, you know, a bigger name within uh, the indie wrestling. So I, um, you know, we've got over 550 episodes and we've talked to so many uh, wrestlers in the past, but it's just amazing to see them uh, do their work and see how a lot of them have just um, moved on quickly in their career. But while I was on vacation and I took the family out to San Francisco and they had never been, or at least the kids had never been. I, I lost, <clears throat> excuse me. I love San Francisco. Uh, just mainly the weather, the food, uh, you know, the people. Uh, relatively uh, nice. Um, you know, I'm sure they have their own mean streak, but it's just a different atmosphere. And I think a, a lot of times it has to do with the fact that, you know, they're surrounded by a lot of water. And I think water sometimes um, has a lot to do with uh, the reactions sometimes uh, with people, you know, and they have a, they have a beautiful, a beautiful view and the Bay is just a, a great place to visit. But nevertheless, while I was there, I know that this came out on Twitter. So now we're talking about something that was released a week ago. And although this is the tweet itself, talking about it is, is somewhat late, I think it's right on time. And I think that... Um, we need to discuss Tony Khan and, and uh, you know, where he's going with his product. And it just, what really amazes me is when I woke up in my, in my hotel room and just been enjoying the entire weekend, I, I, I read a tweet and I, I'm sure that's the way tweets are designed to somehow just get you emotionally involved, even if it's in a, <clears throat> excuse me, man. Um, I know tweets are, are, are designed that um, you become very emotionally involved sometimes, especially if a person says something that you agree with or what you disagree with, Right somebody who you like comes out and say something you like, you're like, you know, great, you know, hit them up with a, uh, a like or hit the love button or whatever, but they say something that you don't like and you're ready to go off. And this tweet has to do with, had to do with the change of venue that WWE needed to make for money in the bank. Now, of course, I had tickets for Money in the Bank that was going to be at Allegiant Stadium. And we all know that WWE is trying this uh, premium live events where they're uh, attempting to go through stadium shows. And I'm assuming that's still the plan. I haven't read there to be any changes outside of what happened in Money in the Bank, but they changed the venue because the ticket sales wasn't as um, wasn't as large as they were expecting. 
And there could be many different reasons for that. Uh, I think money in the bank is, first off, it's definitely not one of the top four pay-per-views that WWE has spent, what, nearly four decades in promoting as your big show. So you're taking a big risk by saying we're going to take another one of these uh, pay-per-view events and make that to a level of one of the top four. And even Survivor Series, which is is which is within the top four big events, I don't even think that if it was a Survivor Series, it wouldn't even had moved the needle that much. And and most of it is because Survivor Series over time has just changed from what it was from when Survivor Series started to what it is now. But it never was one of the four that um, that that definitely took off like the other three. But now you want to throw in money in the bank, and you know that that the ticket sales just didn't meet, and so they changed it from a a football stadium, which, by the way, they wasn't going to use the entire Legion Stadium. It was going to be the same setup that they used when they came out for SummerSlam. And if you remember, they, and and maybe you don't know this, if you, again, we attended the show uh, here because it was out here in Vegas, but the entire stadium, I would say at least, oh man, I would say at least one-fourth, of the stadium wasn't even used. It wasn't like Mania where the ring kind of seems like it sits on the 50-yard line. It's more like you have the ring sitting off on maybe the 20-yard line, and that becomes the center, and everything is centered around that. And quite frankly, to be honest with you, since when they did that at SummerSlam, I wasn't necessarily that big of a fan of it because they they couldn't do pyro during that time just because of um, the way the setup was. And um, and depending on where you were sitting in the stadium, it just, you know, you could end up having a bad view. Because WWE have different setups and how they... Uh, put up the trust. And, of course, the trust is is all of the the setup that it takes to, to hold up the lighting, to hold up uh, the screens, everything above the ring. So depending on where you're sitting, if they're doing a four-corner trust, <laughs> you literally could just be blinded from what you're seeing in the ring, and you just have to look at the screen. But they also have setups where they don't use the four-corner post-trust. It just all hangs from the ceiling. But they didn't do it that time, and, and it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty difficult to, uh, to see because I got caught up <laughs> right in the section where uh, one of the posts was like right, right there blocking the ring. But it's all good, man. It's all about the experience, right? But nevertheless, they changed the venue. And, um, you know, I... I, from a business standpoint, I, I, I guess I get it. You know, if you only sold seventeen thousand 
And although you wasn't using a stadium that holds close to 66, 67,000, you were only going to maybe use about 40,000 of those seats and you only still sold about 17. And yeah, maybe you should make some changes. And it was a decision that I'm sure they didn't have that they didn't want to make because in many ways it, it, it makes it for a short term. It does make them not look good. Right. But what do you do outside of the fact that you're just going to give out thousands and thousands of, of free tickets just to fill the show. And uh, we all know that WWE is all about making that money. They've been having record profits, even during the pandemic. So they're not going to uh, start taking a hit now, especially when this move is not going to hurt the reputation of WWE at all. But Mr. Tony Khan decided that he was just going to have a blast when that news happened. And I woke up and I saw the tweet. And he says, um, yesterday, one of my favorite days, including great visit with fans and media, a trip to L.A. for the most fulfilling meeting of my life with at WBD leadership, dinner with my dad and Dana White, where I got to break the news to Dana about money in the bank moving to MGM. So that was one of the tweets. And then he followed up by saying, genius move, trying to take on Dana in the UFC in Vegas during International Fight Week. And um, and that's kind of where that, uh, that's, that started. And I started to read all the comments because, of course, so many comments came in. And what I found interesting is, of course, you have your WWE attack dogs that went after him, but you could tell that you had some AEW fans that was kind of like, um, yeah, you just need to be worrying about putting on a good pay-per-view this weekend. And stop poking the bear. You know, I mean, there were so many of his fans just going, dude, this is not cool. Because I think ultimately, AEW fans, for some reason, who I I guess are anti-WWE, I'm assuming, uh, because so many of their fans just seem, when when you talk about WWE, it's... um, they just seem to have a like a, a really bad opinion about the product. Now, that's despite the fact that some of them, probably the majority of them, still watch it. Uh, they still attend the shows. They have Peacock for the subscription. <laughs> and they definitely are the marks that keep going over on social media so that they can... Um, read up what's going on. So they seem to care a lot more than they pretend, but they really want AEW to be different than WWE. And ultimately what Tony Khan has become 
now is its own WWE product. What it claimed it wasn't going to be, it has just slowly and slowly become that. And so his fans was just not necessarily as happy because you couldn't find too many positive uh, comments when he made this. And, of course, Tony don't care. When you're worth that type of money, you can say whatever you want to say. But what I find really interesting is that he feels that he has this whole thing, he has to be competitive against WWE when WWE is not doing, not saying, not caring what they do over there. Listen, we all know at one point when AEW first started that Vince McMahon was a little hesitant and said, you know what, well, we'll just we'll just buy up all the wrestlers and let's see what they're going to do. And then we quickly found out that this guy has no idea what he's doing in the business. Uh, he was like, uh, never mind. Uh, let's just start letting people go. Because ultimately, he's not going to change anything. And it ends up being true, right? Because ever since CM Punk made his return, which, of course, he hit over a million views, it's been a struggle, right? It's been a struggle for them every week for Dynamite. So I, I don't know how much of their big payoff uh, worked for them, but nevertheless, that's, um, you know, that's what it's become. And... I'm just going to say that he's really just becoming truly annoying. Just uh, just um, a, a person who, when I watch the product, I'm always questioning, what am I looking at? Why are they doing what they're doing? And who's going to care? You might you might want to have the chance of this is wrestling and you get a chance to get all get a chance to see all the, the high spots that just seems to happen with with all of the guys that you see but it's the same thing all the time and we already talk about that none most of the storylines truly have no real emotional attachment to it it's just it's just I just, just I I guess shooting the shit, <laughs> and that's if that's what you want to see. I mean that that's great, but it's more exciting when you do have an emotional attachment to an actual storyline, and you don't get that at all. And then you're getting something like we just had this past Dynamite, which was in L.A. at the Kia Forum, where I guess. MJF had his, quote, pipe bomb moment. And it, it's already been determined that it's a work. And it maybe didn't start off as a work. MJF has some, had some concerns, but I guess Tim, I mean, uh, yeah, um, Tony Khan, uh, being such a mark. The, the funny thing is a lot of things that, that, uh, MJF mentioned in his promo, they were true. Yeah, it was planned out, but they were true. He he is a fucking mark. 
that's that's all he wants to create pretty much everything that WWE has done. So now he had his pipe bomb moment, but it's not the same because once now it's determined that he's, you know, having meetings and luncheons and all this stuff with uh, Tony Khan. I mean, no one cares. I mean, it was great. Everyone knows MJF is a, is a, is great on promo. So it was great to hear. And, and it was exciting. And, and he, he, he knocked it out of the park. He did exactly what he needed to do. But as you're looking at the long term of this, now knowing what it is, what is the what is the game plan? I'm confused. At what point? So we know now he's going to pretend and not be on the show and remove from rosters and not selling this product and blah, 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 blah. And then what? He's going to come back and and then everything's great? I don't know. What? <laughs> what? You know, when this happened with WWE, when CM Punk had his his pipe bomb, and this happened back in, uh, I believe this was 2011, and it actually happened in Vegas, and I was at the show when it happened. It was truly a shock. It was something that hadn't been done on that level, and we at the show were going, what the hell is going on? And a lot of us, as we normally do, are, are, are agreeing with uh, CM Punk, as you would agree with most wrestlers, because Vince McMahon is always painted as the villain, right? And in some cases, that's fair. He should be. You know, <laughs> we, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's ego there. There's arrogance there. You know, and when you're worth millions or maybe even in his case, billions, you're going to, you're going to be that way. That's just the name of the game. But, um, you know, it, when, when CM Punk, when he did that, it was truly, and we didn't know what was going to happen from there. Now, there wasn't anything else that happened in terms of, um, and I'm trying to remember because this is a long time ago. Uh, repercussions with the pipe bomb because I, I believe CM Punk went on to um, to win the title uh, from um, I think it was uh, I think it was Cena. So he he did that and happened to be out of Money in the Bank, and um, and then CM Punk of course took off for that that entire summer, and then eventually. Later on that year, he ended up becoming a champion, and and I think he had it for like over four hundred and something days. It was, I, I remember that being a big deal, uh, you know. And that all happened right before he just completely took off, which I think was around twenty fourteen. But um, yeah, I mean, we didn't know where in WWE it was just a, a shocking awe moment, and then that was the end of that, and it wasn't happening every week. There wasn't things said on, you know, social media, and it was out during that time in 2011. Um, they didn't take it to the extreme. Uh, it would just say what was said, and then they moved on. But it was still a shock, and everybody was interested because nobody has ever done anything and went against the boss in that manner. I mean, we all we, we all enjoy when Stone Cold beat up on uh, – 
beat up on McMahon during that entire storyline. The employee beating up a, 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 a mean, aggressive, asshole-type boss. But, of course, we all know that that was scripted. We had no idea at the time what was going on with CM Punk because it was just clearly off the mark, right? But with MJF, it's one of those things where it already quickly came out. I saw a rep- Let me read this right quick. Uh, this was on the... Um, this was on a site called thedefector.com. And this was released uh, June 2nd. So maybe that was the day after all of that. And it's a long article that talks about what MJF, but he makes a good point. And I'm just going to read this sort of one paragraph from here. Um, And it goes like this. He says, whether you liked or disliked the segment, though, I can't help but find it a little sad that MJF's rebellion has been so swiftly swallowed, repackaged, and resold as entertainment by the very machine he was rebelling against. In an industry with essentially no labor protections, who workers' revenue share is dwarfed by pro sports, this past month was a buzzy one for the labor uh, rights across all three of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. And WWE Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of, of a live Raw show due to unhappiness with their character's direction and subsequently got both indefinitely suspended and prominently shit-talked by their employer. In New Japan Pro Wrestling top star Kota Ibushi has been restlessly agitated for his release via Twitter by making public his issues with the company. And in AEW, Max Freeman presented a challenge to a promotion that has built a devoted fan base by always portraying themselves as on the fan side, forcing Khan to either relent or publicly become the kind of ruthless, competitive Vince McMahon figure he has always tried to rebuke. Boy, everything about that paragraph right there to me when I read that summed that up. TheDefector.com. And it was written by someone named Lauren Thiessen. But um, that sums it up. You know, and if MJF, which I do believe truly had some some issues with how he was getting paid compared to all the ex-WWE guys, hey, at this point, if you just would have went rogue, you know, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. And I think I made this several, I made this, uh, I've said this several times on our, our wrestling show that even before he mentions WWE in in any of his promos or, or whatever, if WWE was to pick anybody from AEW, the two people and the only two people I think he would ever consider would probably be MJF and Warlow. That's it. That's all. There's potential in Warlow being a big guy. We know Vince like big guys. And I I don't know how they would write Warlow because, you know, you, in Vince world, you can, you can end up doing some real crazy shit and people not even understanding, you know, what are you running. But it also could be a really good run. No matter what, uh, I think Warlow is in a position where he would know how to take on that particular character as a big guy, right? 
kind of like what he's doing on TV at the moment. And then MJF, he is a beast on promos. Yes, he's been uh, termed as like a Miz-like, and that's fine because the Miz is awesome. And, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, yeah, and I mean, his promos are just on fire. But um, I just realized what I said, and it really was no pun intended there, but Miz really is awesome if you follow his career. You know, he knew that this is at the level where he wanted to be. And he doesn't have to be a, a main eventer because this guy can spotlight on any part of the show and, t and, and, and do any type of match and make it entertaining. And MJF, I believe, is at that level when they see that. So I think he had everything on his side. It didn't have to necessarily uh, run this sort of storyline. And if you were going to run it, you definitely don't want to run it where you're being seen and 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 information is going around that you guys talk. Uh, apparently, you don't know how to keep things secret because the word is going to get out unless you do things in secret. And it can be done secretly so that nobody truly knows. So I'm just really, you know, and, and I know I probably went off the uh, the rails here, but it just trips me out that you got a guy who owns, or I say his father owns, a football stadium. He, we know there's a reason why he hasn't tried to attempt to do a mania of his own, uh, of his own caliber in his own football stadium because he knows that not that many people will come. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how many seats the Jacksonville stadium holds. But one thing I can tell you is that it won't matter because he won't even feel a quarter of it. And that's not that's not hating. It's just based on what we see, what he's feeling up right now. I, I just I just attended Dynamite here in Vegas at the Michelob Arena. And there's nothing wrong with the Michelob Arena, the WNBA uh Aces play there. And it's definitely one of the smaller venues to um, to rent out here in Vegas, outside of uh, maybe going over to the uh, the Orleans, where their arena is almost about the same. But it's a very small, it's a very intimate arena, and I gotta tell you, it uh, it wasn't that full. Now, on TV, of course, it, it it may look like, boy, the place was just packed. But where I was sitting and I decided, although I had a floor seat, uh, I decided to just go all the way to the top because it was just nobody there. And I could still get a, a, a better view of everything instead of having, you know, two people in front of me who are, just have big heads. And I'm, I'm moving back and forth trying to get a view. So I just went to the top. And there was nobody up there. And I mean, just not at the top, but I mean, almost in the entire top section outside of, you know, maybe the first two sections that may be, you know, whether you may, you know, on the camera side, you may see some folks there. But uh, as it starts to turn around, it's just empty all the way on the other side. So I, I see what he can pull, and that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. But how then are you going to go on the attack of somebody who we know 
can feel anywhere from 7,000 to 100,000 and want to make fun to the point and going, hey, yeah, yeah, we have, I got to break the news of Dana White. You know, Dana's White, uh, UFC has nothing to do with why Money in the Bank wasn't successful. If you remember uh, last year when SummerSlam happened, there was a there was a big fight, big fight that weekend. Um, let me see if I can find it out right quick. Um, but there was a huge fight that went on that Saturday because I remember them saying that the fans, by the time the fans get out of SummerSlam, they, um, you know, it was just in time for, you know, before the main event would even kick off for the, uh, the boxing match. And so that was a, uh, that was a big deal. And it was a big name. I'm trying to see if I can look it up right quick. Um, I don't watch boxing, but Vegas, of course, has always been uh, one of the towns that's always been known for for great boxing, right? Um, all right, let's see here. I think I got it here. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, it was uh, Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence Jr. Yeah, and Manny Pac- Pacquiao is a huge draw. And I, I know there's this equivalent of somehow boxy fans and UFC fans and wrestling fans are all geared into one, but I, I just don't believe that. You know, I I don't think that the same, I don't think the same fans that are looking to spend for overpriced seating for UFC are the same fans that uh, attend WWE shows. Now they may they may watch it, they may, you know, keep up with it, but I, I don't I don't believe that they are um uh that they are equal in terms of their, their fan base. But in, in Tony Khan's mind there is and apparently uh Vince McMahon wanted to go head ahead on on with Dana White and he lost that battle. And he's just a moron. All I'm going to say is this. I know I've been, um, like I told you, I haven't done one of these in a minute. <laughs> and and my apologies, I'm going to start doing these more because when I do uh, voices in my head, I want them to be kind of just quick, short, to the point, and out. But he is doing everything he can for me to just tr- truly turn me off from the product. I'm already not that big on it. I went to Dynamite, and I really... I was really bored during the show. Uh, it was great. I think the greatest part for me was watching the fans' excitement because the the fans, they truly enjoy this, and, you know, they're having a good time. And even as a wrestling uh, fan myself, I actually want AEW to work. These are jobs. It is no way that WWE can even pick up half of the roster because Tony Khan just pretty much sells, uh, I mean, um, uh, pretty much creates a contract with uh, with anyone that he just wants to mark over. You know, you get a contract, you get a contract, you get a contract. He is the, he is the Oprah of giving away contracts. 
you just have to you just have to be somewhat of a name that seems to be either making some noise in the industry or better yet become an ex WWE wrestler and you will have this attention. But I don't want I don't like seeing people who are unemployed or who are struggling. And I know pro wrestling could be a tough business to be in. But if this, you know, if Tony Khan just continues to do and act the way he's acting, you know, fans will eventually rebel. Right? Did we not see that in in, in TNA? TNA started off and it had a huge fan base. And I like Impact Wrestling now. And I, I think uh, it, I I don't think it needs to technically grow in terms of its um, its size in arenas, but I wouldn't mind seeing it grow in terms of people following it because they do a very good job and a way better job than what's going over here in AEW. My opinion, just a, 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 a just a lot more structure. But, yes, they've been at it for a very long time, and they have had hits and misses. So I don't want AEW to fail, but I, I just don't know why he wants to continue to create this, this war with WWE that he will not win. I know he probably believes he's going to have his 83 weeks. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back on a podcast and say, man, I can't believe he outdid Vince for 83 weeks, for 50 weeks, for four weeks, you know. But if you think that the MJF promo was going to be the answer to that, it's already has uh, fell on his head. I'm not interested in, in seeing where that goes. I mean, of course I'll watch AEW just to to just because hey, as a fan, you will you will watch it. A fan of pro wrestling. Let me be choose my words there. Fan of pro wrestling, you would just watch it, but it's not like I have to. There are days where I I have literally just missed AEW just you just read up on what happened. Which is not the same on how I treat WWE product and Impact Wrestling where I literally watch it from beginning to end. Fast forward on commercials, but but I watch it, and I can tell you right now, it's um, it's it is what it is. But what do you guys think about this? As I wrap it up, uh, you know, is Tony Khan? Why is he? Why does he have to poke the bear? You know, because if if Vince, if WWE really just wanted to come after them, they could. <laughs> okay? He could. And would just decimate them. But it's not that serious. WWE is doing well for itself. And, and as far as I'm concerned, they're putting on great programming. Might not necessarily care for every storyline that's being ran. 
I'm not saying they do everything right. They have made mistakes. But, you know, when you're when you're in the business for 40 plus years, you can, you know, you're allowed to make mistakes. But you're also allowed to learn from them. But you, when you're coming in the industry, you should look at what others are doing and say, I'm going to do my best to not make those same mistakes. And it's very interesting that Tony's not looking at it in those terms. He believes he has all the answers. He believes that he's a great booker. You know? So we'll see. But I'm curious. Let me know what you think, guys, as we uh, as we as I put this podcast out. I'll have it up on the social media, on our IG, on our Twitter. And once you listen to it, throw your comments in, and um, I will respond to them. Let's have a little conversation. Maybe at some point I'll jump over into video, and um, you'll get a chance to see my expressions as I talk about all of this. <laughs> these voices that are in my head boy i'm so happy to be back doing this i'm gonna do it a lot more i thank all y'all for hanging out with me continue to support vegas bad boys of podcasting we have a lot of programming we do it truly for you uh but we don't we don't have access to any any news we're not melter you know if if you're if you're a wrestling mark that just feels that you have to get the news first uh don't don't come here i don't i barely even read uh, any of the uh, dirt sheets that come out. Uh, I have to be truly bored to just go, uh, and most of the time when I'm searching, it's maybe for three count, because if you ever listen to our three count, you know we have to choose three stories during the week that we want to discuss. But outside of that, I most of the time don't know when, you know, shit is really breaking uh, uh, unless I just somebody literally text me, call me or whatever and say, man, you see what's happening here, what's going on? And, <laughs> you know, and that rarely happens. So, uh, so anyway, I appreciate y'all for, uh, for listening. I will see you next time. Until then, I'm DJ Impact. I'm out. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.